everybody. Welcome to an exciting episode of We View Yasha and Other Tales. I'm Sean. I'm Lindsay. Oh man, we're going to talk about the first Inuyasha movie. Affections Touching Across Time. Yay. A.K.A. The Love That Transcends Time. A.K.A. An 80s movie. That's what it reminded me of. <laughs> it was also a really long version of an episode because it seems yes. like... Uh, Everything is easily accessible, and I can't tell if the villain is killing everyone in Japan when he's sucking the souls out, or if it's just two villages and, yeah, and the wildlife in between. we never get to see how that, that resolves, if those souls go back or not. Nope. <laughs> we don't know if they get their souls back, because <laughs> the tree just kind of collapses at the very end. Yeah, I would kind of guess not. I don't think so. I would think like if they were, they like would at least show the souls like going back. Mm-hmm. How hard would that have been? Or show they, someone waking up. Yeah, Kikio's just gonna get all of them. Well, just just the women. <laughs> the tragic women. Yeah. Well, there's nothing more tragic than dying by a creepy Mothman. Yeah. Why are there moth demons like just creepy looking? I don't know. The first time I. That you see him like out of the shadows, you know. I was, I was like, wait, was it a girl? I thought it was a guy. <laughs> just the way the armor was, the way he was just drawn. I mean, it looked like he had uh, some ample hips and perhaps a bust. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about when he falls out of the the tree at first? When he's covered in goo. No. Oh. Um. I think it was when he was attacking Inuyasha and Kagome, and uh. he did, like he, you see him like out of the shadows, kind of for uh, the first time, where he's like, Rawr. I just was like, oh, I don't remember him. I remember being a guy, the two girl servant. Who are those girls, by the way? Does he have Naraku powers where he can just create things, or are they just part of the Hyoga clan cult? Yeah, I don't know. They kind of came back to life at the very beginning of the movie. So it's like, are they real people? Does he just put his energy into them to bring them to life? Because then at the end, you know, when he, I thought he like broke her little thing off her forehead, and he like cut her in half or something. Hmm. And he just like sucked her soul out and she got all shriveled up. Yeah. I don't know. He needs every soul he can get so he can become a, a, a giant Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, the this movie was strange. I only liked the final half hour, I think. But well, I watched it twice, uh, subtitled first, then dubbed second. Uh, for some reason, it was... Uh, it could have been that I was taking notes the first time around. Mm. And, and you watched it subtitled first. Yeah. Which is not the way to do it. Because you have to keep reading and then looking down. <laughs> uh, really in over my head here. I've never seen it dubbed. Richard Cox. Yeah, in, in He is in top form. The way he plays some of the lines, it's like he mumbles them a little bit, which is not your first instinct, I don't think. When you're a voice actor, you have to say everything clearly. But it comes across like really well. It's perfectly within Inuyasha's character. So I thought he did a very good job. Hmm. I also looked up the person who voices our villain, Menamaru. He's a Scotsman, for a change. He's not Canadian. And he is a character in Bates Motel. He plays Gil. 
Does that sound familiar? I just finished Bates. I wonder what season kill. It's 2013 through 2014, if I remember correctly. Be an earlier one. About six episodes. Hmm. I'll have to look it up. It's not... Obviously. Oh, wait, 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 wait. 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 I wonder if he was one of the guy. Okay, hmm. I would not have pegged him for Scotsman if it's who I'm thinking. Would not have pegged him for a Scotsman at all. Well, he was born in Glasgow, so it's possible he doesn't have a Scottish brogue. Okay, yeah. It, well, I don't even think he looks Scottish. That's who I'm thinking. No, he didn't look Scottish to me on his IMDb page. And the voice, you can't hear any sort of Scotsman in that. But he plays the villain? Yep. Huh, interesting. Menamaru. How does this movie start? Uh, we get a, oh, the Shikan Jewel explodes, so we get to see where one of the shards went. All the way to China, as it turns out. Are the, is it in the continent, or is it still in Japan? Because didn't his dad defeat him in Japan, and isn't the Tree of Ages in Japan? Oh, you're right. Because, was it Ruri, or Hari, says that they came to the uh, the island over 200 years ago, so... Yeah. Okay. Scratch that, then. <laughs> They're originally from the continent. The shard just flies all the way to where the Hyoga was defeated, and uh, his son gets resurrected, right? Yeah, so I guess his son was also, like, defeated and just, like, cocooned or something, or... Mm. I don't know. Who, who knows? But if this is way back, because, I mean, how long have they been looking for these jewel shards? Uh, seven days. Because <laughs> it took him no time at all to, like, get a jewel shard and go, okay, let's let's start breaking this seal and absorbing my father's power. Yeah. It wasn't like he's, like, laying in wait for a couple months while they've been having their adventures, and then they get so... I don't know, I guess I could say I could see why some people say it's not canon. Yeah, there are several things in this movie where, that made me kind of understand that statement by that guy on Reddit that the movies aren't canon and this one um I did look up that whoever wrote it was basing the characters more on the manga than it was on the cartoon. That's why I wrote a couple things down that were weird to me. I will list them to you now. <laughs> Shippo annoyed me more than he ever has. <laughs> he's quite irritating in this movie. He does a couple of good things, but for the most part, he's very, oh, I counted one. <laughs> very loud and obnoxious. He tries I to scare. Two, if you count the pony. But he has good jokes too, like when Inuyasha asks if Kagome's okay, but then Shippo comes up and goes, "Yeah, I'm fine." He's like, "We're talking to you." It's the moment where he turns into a pink ball to scare one of the demons. Oh, and chases them. And chases yeah. them back. <laughs> And then he brags about that later. Yeah, he, and he does. Say, I scared one off. He scared three. Oh. I scared three. Sorry, I was diminishing. Before being chased by one. Yeah. <laughs> one of them turned around and said, wait a minute. Ah. <laughs> and when he turned into like a blue ball to cushion Kagome when she was knocked back by Minamaru's blast mm -hmm. of demonic aura. And he let... Kaede ride him. Oh, he turned into a little toy horse. Really adorable. <laughs> yeah. She calls him a cow. A cow. And he's like, I'm a horse. <laughs> and then he collapses. But uh, other than that, he's like yelling at everybody and being it's inopportune times to yeah, be a just, dick. Yeah. I wrote that. Uh, Hachi seems more of a coward than he normally is. 
Yeah, well, I think Hachi usually, well, from what I remember, he's kind of like, he'll, he'll step up when he needs to, but generally he likes to stay out of that sort of thing. That's true. But he was in it at that point, and... This yeah, he didn't stick around. He was like, you so guys yeah, go. He by. dropped him off only after they threatened him. Uh, Menamaru, this whole thing affects him too. So I think Shohachi would have been like, all right, I'm going to be really scared, but I'll help you guys out. Yeah, I think of him ready to die for Moroku. Yeah, but it's possible that this was just his threshold of like, eh, we're in over our heads here, guys. We should probably just leave and live our lives. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else I got. Oh, uh, Kikio seemed really in a terrible mood. This I did yeah. not like at all what no, they did to her. Me neither. Not yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about the scene. Well, the two scenes later that uh, bugged me. One of them was pushing Kagome back to her own time, and what she says specifically to Sashomaru when they meet together. I love that they meet. I just don't like. What she says. They were almost in laws. <laughs> almost. Contentious in laws because. <laughs> Although now it seems like they're both in competition to kill Inuyasha. At least according to Sashomaru, where he says, like, you know, I'm going to be the one to kill him, not you. See ya. <laughs> Peace. Yeah. And then finally, the sexual tension, I'm just calling it in air quotes, between Inuyasha and Kagome seems mid season two rather than yes. where they've left off. Not what she's decided to do as someone who's secretly in love with Inuyasha and just bearing the brunt of all of his decisions. This is more like, you're so jealous of Koga, and then fighting for no reason. I remember when this came out, I liked it. I thought, oh, well, this is a fun movie, and the animation looks cool. And then the second one came out, which I feel is stronger, and I was like, first movie, huh? Cut to you throwing it in the garbage. <laughs> I don't need this anymore. I think that's a perfect description of this movie. It's just a fun thing. Almost, it could have been a fan film. It's like here's all of your beloved characters. They have to fight somebody who seems way more powerful than Nariku, and <laughs> they're all gonna get their moment. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't even hold their own against him before he absorbed all that power. Yeah. I don't know because I was like he's just you know join with them and they really don't have a shot now as it is but then all of a sudden they're gonna find the strength when he's like super overpowered there's that moment when Menamaru could have just killed Inuyasha he's like standing over him with his sword and it's like you could just stab him in the face and done instead of his hair <laughs> the only thing that sa- yeah the only thing that saved him was just that he needed him to break the seal yeah, Inuyasha's hair gets stabbed, and then later... Inuyasha gets stabbed. <laughs> of course he does. It's and not an Inuyasha. Quote-unquote dies again. <laughs> He's used to having holes through his stomach. I think I wrote that down, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just It doesn't even have to encounter flesh anymore. It just goes right through him. Watching the movie again, I was just kind of like... Oh, I don't think I liked it as well as the first time I saw it. Yeah. I was I was a bit let down by it. Um, three quarters of the way through, I just put my notepad down and uh, decided to take notes after. So I could have also contributed to why I think the last 30 minutes are really strong. It's just everything leading up to it is just really exhausting. And don't know if I can pinpoint it, but let's try. 
Yeah, 20 minutes in, I was like, how... How long is this movie? It seems like they're reaching what? a bunch of climaxes, and I kid you not, Moroku and Sango are battling just by themselves for about 40 minutes. Meanwhile, Inuyasha and Kagome are having a telephone conversation through a tree. <laughs> Affections touching across time. That's what the title refers to. <laughs> so these two ladies, after uh, our villains resurrected, and an undetermined amount of time later, uh, these two women attack yeah, Sashomaru. I could only see the Tenseiga. I didn't see the Tokijin. I looked it up. That is an oversight. But I had, throughout most of this movie, a conspiracy theory that it doesn't take place at the end of season two. And I was going to play an awesome game with you called What Time Does This Movie Take Place? or something. When does this movie take place? But he has the backlash wave. That's what ruined everything, is the backlash wave inclusion. Because I was looking at Tetsaiga, and it didn't look as big as it normally does. They say it's his dad's fang. Yeah, but at this point it... It would be his own fang. So it's really that backlash wave mention that I'm kind of like, okay, this has to happen after he learns the backlash wave. But I had this whole theory that it takes place after Two Hearts, One Mind and before Kagura and Kana are introduced. Because mm. so, so sh- or, uh, Naraku's busy throughout this whole thing. We don't even see him. So he could just be busy creating those two women. Meanwhile, these guys are having an adventure and Kagome and Inuyasha are still at each other's throats. There's no Koga, so he's still convalescing from the... Oh, wait. Yeah. From the um, Birds of Paradise. Right, right. Yeah. And I was all proud of myself until at the very end of the movie, and you know, she says, I'm going to use the backlash wave. And I was like, God, fuck. God damn it. Yeah, otherwise I'd say, except for the backlash wave. And then the other thing, I guess it kind of messes with that, the way um, Moroku is interacting with Sango, that he's, he's more direct with, like, we could die and jump into my arms and... Let me touch yeah, that he's, butt. he's way more flirtatious. I mean, usually, yeah, if, if he has a chance, he'll he'll stroke her thighs or pat her butt. But he's not quite as flirty with her Mm-mm. in the show. Like, he's like, you know, come, leap into it. That's not really... I don't feel like he would. he's there in the show. Yeah, and that seemed like it would only come after... What's Kagura's introduction episode? With the 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Where Sango mentions to him, uh, you never say that to me. Yeah. And then he says it to her. I think that would more open the floodgates to, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to flirt with you. All yeah, this is more like Miraku likes like Sango. Mm-hmm. Sango doesn't quite trust <laughs> Miraku <laughs> with her heart. <laughs> well, there are always more more important things going on. <laughs> <laughs> no time for this, Moroku. <laughs> so these two women, they come up and just attack Sashomaru. Say, we want that sword. And he kills them. Yeah, pretty much just a flick of his wrist. <laughs> With the amount of grief these two women give our characters later, it's like, Sashomaru, can you join our team, please? <laughs> we could solve every problem. I really don't understand why Sashomaru was in this movie. It's only for the audience. He doesn't add anything. To I didn't say the, the same with Kikio. Oh yeah, no, well she except doesn't. she pushes. 
I that whole the way that goes, I would have written something different. But I think they were applying Occam's razor. That like, okay, we got to put Kikio in here. She's the one who can push Kagome into the well, even though it's it's somewhat out of character for her to do it. Especially saying, take this jewel shard. By the way, the jewel shards also reinforced my theory that this whole thing takes place just after Kikio gives all of their shards to Naraku, and she only has a select few. She's still carrying them in that little jar. Yeah, that's I the the thing. She did that anymore. Seems like no, yeah. Uh, they don't really have that many to carry around. That strikes to me as someone who's <laughs> reading the manga or maybe watched the first season. So okay, she carries the jewel shards in a little jar. I think they had like what three? Looks like they had three. So they got two from Koga that one time, and they got. Maybe a... went from that scorpion that they were fighting in the beginning. Yeah, let's go to that. The ladies are resurrected after they realize it's the wrong sword, but they know where the real sword is. That Inuyasha has it. Badass gang reveal as they're fighting a giant scorpion. Uh, intercut with Kagome in modern day cooking food. Cooking, which is a big thing to make people are precious to you food with your own hands so, and give someone a lunchbox to make a lunch it's like a big thing oh really are yeah. you talking in japanese culture yeah. in general interesting that's yeah. why she's to so angry a, yes so to ah. make a bento box to give it to the boy you have a crush on it's it's yeah i wish i had known that going in because that uh, makes it so much more it yeah. makes more sense that kagome and is that's frustrated why she was so like do you like it do you like it and then, you know, when he was at the end, he was like, oh, yeah, I, I, want, I want you to cook for me again. And she was all happy until she went out. He just wants the pickled radish. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's why she was so working so hard on the lunch boxes. I get you. She was pouring her heart into the food. She made a nice little omelet for him and everything. Then a bunch of wieners. I know. She's like, where's the sugar? Mom's like, oh, it's right there by the window. And then she's like, do you need help? She goes, nope, omelets are my specialty, which seems weird to put sugar in an omelet. I mean, I don't eat eggs anyway, but it that, just seems weird. That could be a localization thing, that omelet is what Westerners know, and then whatever she's making, we wouldn't. I think they always call them omelets. But really? it's like a rolled. Yeah. Um, reminds me of like a spiral cake only made with egg. Yeah. Roll it and then slice it. And put sugar on top of it. I guess so. <laughs> blow torch it to caramelize it. And then I know they, um, I've seen it in a lot of animes, the little hot dogs cut yeah. to curl up to look like little octopuses. Yeah. Which uh, Shippo, in his less uh, shining moment, calls an <laughs> octopus with no face. Yeah, so she rushes to Japan, ancient feudal Japan, to give us oh, yeah. a little and recap. So while Kagome's in modern day, everyone goes looking for jewel shards without her? We have to assume that maybe, well, was it Ruri and Hari, oh, and Menomaru say that they were the ones who summoned the scorpion. Maybe it was oh, just Ruri yeah. and Hari who said it. So maybe the gang heard about, ah, oh, there's a monster over there. It has a jewel shard. Oh, we better go. What about Kagome? Ah, she'll catch up to us after... The bike did not fare well in this movie. No. <laughs> What, did she get a new bike or, or what? <laughs> well, the well doesn't fare very well either. Um, they do repair it in the closing credits. Yeah. So yeah. if it's within their power to do that, they can put a bike back together. <laughs> Moroku knows how to do it. Oh, yeah. He knows how to do everything. Uh, 
Um, I did think when Kagome jumped through the well mm-hmm. at the beginning and it like does like a close up of her eyes, it just it didn't look like Kagome to me. Yeah, there's a new director on this who's done. Oh, I'm gonna get it wrong. I thought it was Tenchi Moyo or something. Oh. But yeah, it's not the normal show's director. Kagome was really the only one that really bothered me. They all had big, huge uh, anime eyes at yeah. certain points. But I thought Sango overall looked good. She looked on model. Moroku looked pretty good. Uh, every once in a while, Shippo would look different. And Kaede uh, as well. But Kagome just never quite looked right to me the whole time. Yeah. And especially her, just, I don't even know, this that animation where it just does a close-up of her eyes. And I'm like... This just looks weird. This doesn't even seem like Kagome. But the coloring was very nice. I think the opening shot is when the jewel shard breaks. There's that cool shot of it going everywhere, and there's skeletons, and it's almost like just a fisheye lens. A bit of a computer animation added in. Mm-hmm. So our gang defeats the scorpion. They get the jewel shard. She purifies it, and then they go have a nice picnic. Yep. That was kind of, um, that kind of just served as an introduction. Yeah. Like, this is Maracu, this is what he does. And everyone, I think I wrote down, um, that they're not taking this fight seriously. I feel like they're messing around a lot during this fight. They seem to all know that this is just the opening battle, so there's no suspense in it for yeah. the audience. Yeah, like Maracu yeah. and Sango just start having an argument right in the middle, and yeah, I don't yeah. know, it just seemed... It was a misstep, I Yeah. Think. Uh, I'm sad that I have to make this comparison but it reminded me of the terrible Power Rangers movie that I saw uh, Turbo I'll say which terrible movie the most recent terrible movie (laughs) the one that Eric bought me uh, watching it seemed like you have to be a fan of the show in order to enjoy it and this had a lot of that this is specifically for the fans everyone else the parents who bring their kids to see this are just going to be horribly confused and who are these people why so maybe that introduction was kind of meant to ease somebody in but the rest of the movie really just struck me as like what's happening (laughs) they're not really telling a story the character i mean if they felt a little more one-dimensional than but i did like this picnic scene yeah that was cute where Shippo gets punched for trying to take a hot dog. No, the last omelet. Oh, that's Yasha right. Yasha punches him, so then Muruku's like, you need to be nice to kids, and then he goes to take the mm-hmm. the hot dog, and Shippo's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. You said. That was nice, and so is the callback to Inuyasha liking noodles. Yeah. <laughs> Which Kagame did not appreciate. No. And sits him so hard, he ruins the blanket, and then she leaves it in a huff. <laughs> but he saved the ramen. <laughs> yep. Absolutely, he did. And this marks the beginning of our characters are just going to be separated for a really long time. Yeah, really, really like most of the movie. Mm-hmm. At least until Menamaru unleashed. They're like briefly reunited and then they're just kind of separated again until the end. Yeah, it's very strange uh, the directions this goes in. So she rides off on her broken ass bike (laughs) and uh, Kilala runs off. Oh yeah, I got swiped with the scorpion. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that. I saw the little slash of blood and I'm like, oh. Why don't we just have a Jininji cameo? Yep. Might <laughs> we as well. We don't really care about Kilala being poisoned this time. 
friend? <laughs> the, it seemed like a flesh wound, but I think that's the moment where she gets possessed by uh, Hari, the one who can do this, who has a real hang-up about demon companions and how they are only meant to serve you. And Isn't she a demon? I, she's a self-hating demon, I guess. <laughs> she has a Is lot of insecurity. Like, technically, I mean, Menamaru is a demon, right? Mm-hmm. But she's not trying to ride him around like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all think about what that would look like. <laughs> Or fly on him when he gets his wings. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you could just, wow. Can he fly after being that big? That'd be terrifying. The wings did, they look like they were just decoration. <laughs> it did not look like. <laughs> so he's like a demon hipster. They don't yeah, have lenses. Yeah, they were just for show. There was no way he was going to fly with those things. They're just kind of like twigs. So we get, uh, Kilala runs off, Sango and Moroku go. We get that moment where Moroku can barely carry the Harikotsu. Yeah. Oh, that's really heavy. Yeah, I wrote that down too. And I thought, okay, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Sango is strong, but Miroku can like keep up with Inuyasha running and he can't I don't know. And he struggles with the Harikos. Yeah. Oh well. I guess you're right. <laughs> okay, I hate it now. <laughs> Sorry. But in the woods uh, Rory and Hari are just sitting there. And they, I guess they, I don't know why they attempt this cover story at first. Like, oh, we saw she was poisoned. We healed her for you. Uh, Miroku uh, immediately gets down on a knee and asks them both to bear his children. Of course he does. And then uh, Sango bops him on the head. But then there, Rari and Hari reveal themselves to be evil ass bitches. <laughs> yeah, just really like, okay, sure it's up. I guess, since you asked us to marry you. <laughs> and their powers are also... Children. So they have vine powers. They can summon scorpions. Ruri has the ability of duplication. Which she only uses once on Roku. Yeah, just to get that one power. Yeah. And then Hari uh, has the ability to hypnotize Kilala to make her the, their new companion. Uh, they tingle up Sango and Moroku, and Moroku has to use the wind tunnel to get rid of the scorpions. I'm assuming the scorpions are not as poisonous as the hell bees, so he doesn't get poisoned this time. And that's when she takes it, and they have dueling wind tunnels for a brief period of time. I liked it when it happened later. That was really fun, but... Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, you know, he's always seen it as a curse, and she's actually like nope i want this power <laughs> this is gonna be great yep and they would have been done for uh had i think uh, kaede shows up yes so you see this arrow just out of nowhere but mm. you're like it's not a sacred arrow which mm. means it wouldn't be kagome or kikyo which was my thought yeah but it's kaede yay yeah. wisely staying hidden and then Rory and Hari ride off on Kilala. Oh no, their friend! <laughs> so, of course, Sango's like, oh no, we're getting Kilala back. Yeah, brief shot of her ankles as she's just suiting up. It also seemed out of character that they would leave mid sentence when Kaede is trying to explain to him that, hey, something evil's happening. Eh, where'd you go? Yeah, especially, I mean, I know 
they're all worried about Kilala, but that just seems a little, especially with Sango, who, I don't know, seems more respectful. Yeah. And Maroka's pretty respectful to his elders as well. Yep. So yeah, that's kind of weird to pull like a Batman move. So we see Kikyo. Hooray! She's in this. Kikyo! And she senses a coming calamity. She looked pretty. That's really about it. All she did was kind of If this is the only point pretty. where she showed up, I would have been fine with it. Same with Sashomaru, if that was just his brief scene in the very beginning, just to let us know. Yeah, they're still around. But, I mean, yeah, they just serve no purpose to this movie. <laughs> yeah, but Kagome sneaks up and scares her off, but they're staring at the Inuyasha tree, and Kagome pricks her finger on the arrow shard that's inside there. <laughs> Inuyasha shows up suddenly uh, to rip off her favorite handkerchief. And... Yeah. That was kind of funny where he's like, I'm caring for you. <laughs> She's like, that was my favorite. Isn't it funny <laughs> if he did that to her shirt? Just <laughs> <laughs> Relax. Yeah. Oh, and this is where Minamaru decides just going to do this myself. Yeah, the moths descend and eventually knock out Kagome, suffocating her, I guess. And Minamaru and Inuyasha have a little sword fight where Inuyasha is bested. Yeah. And gets stabbed in the stomach. Yep. But he can't take the Tetsaiga, and instead of stabbing Inuyasha in the face as he's unconscious, he just uh, kidnaps Kagome. Well, I guess he realized since he can't take the sword. Inuyasha's the one who's going to have to wield the sword, and he's going to have to trick Inuyasha into attacking the seal. Yeah, and a very complex plan with many <laughs> ins and outs. So, um, oh, and then it's Shippo and Miyoga. And Inuyasha wakes up with both of the annoying sidekicks just yeah. hovering over him. <sighs> but glad Miyoga's here to tell the story of uh, Hyoga, And they head to his tree lair, which I guess Miyoga just knows where it is. Yeah, he's like, oh, it's the tree of ages in the forest of no return. But there are two tree of ages, which was also confusing. There's the one Inuyasha was bound to, and then this new one that Minamaru has. Rory and Hari are trying to figure out a way to possess her, and they decide to soup up one of their possession uh, symbols with a jewel shard. Mm -hmm. and they put it in Kagome's forehead. Very important later, when she's walking around with knife fingers <laughs> and stabbing everybody willy-nilly. Oh, Miyoga is tied to Inuyasha, so they can't run away. <laughs> I didn't make a note of that, because that was just another, like, okay, I guess this is happening. <laughs> Okigome oh. does wake up at one point to try to fire an arrow, but she's uh, swarmed on by the moths. Yeah. Um, she's also terribly slow. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sango and Moroku show up. Yep. And they're fighting the girls. So then she's like, oh, I'm going to shoot an arrow at Minamaru. And he just starts going, choom, 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 choom. Mm -hmm. She's like, ah, you've closed the range. <laughs> this is a ranged weapon. I can't shoot you now. I have minus two when it's close quarters. <laughs> and then Inuyasha arrives. Yes. And he scores a pretty good hit, but Minamaru gets up and yet again tricks Inuyasha by compelling him to use the wind scar. 
Not verbally, but, you know, just here it is. That's true. Yeah, but really, I mean, the girls, like, all of a sudden go, oh, okay, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. And take off awfully sudden. And then Amaru's just kind of looking smug, daring him with his eyes. Asking for it. Yeah, she needs to learn to pick up on, like, social cues. In- indeed, because... <laughs> Minamaru stabs the orb and looks like he uses some of his blood to say, like, hey, I'm your son. This is mine now. Uh, Mioga, I think in this scene, says that he absorbs all the powers of past generations, so every future generation just gets stronger and stronger. stronger. Yeah. Pretty good power. And Inuyasha attacks, but he gets electrocuted. Of course. And Minamaru kills everyone by (laughs) blasting them point blank. Yeah. You don't really see how Sango and Roku really fare. No, it's just that they fare by jump cutting into a cave with Hachi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shippo turns into that blue gummy pillow thing to save Kagome. So, I guess he did something. Yeah, everybody could have very easily died. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty banged up. Yep, and uh, souls are getting collected everywhere, and Kaede saves just her town. <laughs> yeah, well, it was pretty badass, though. Yeah, that was great, seeing her do something. Yeah. And if that had been her only scene, I'd have been cool with it. All these, like, ancillary characters, really, a little goes a long way. I think we would have been fine with not having a scene where Kikyo, for no reason, yells at Kagome to go away. <laughs> Maybe that's where all this hatred for her comes from, is just her behavior in this movie. That's not my Kikyo. Exactly. Yeah, I watched that and I was like, man, Kikyo's being kind of a bee. <laughs> She's a no-good bee. I don't think I've got a, any defense for her in this movie. It's just, She's not really Kikyo. <laughs> no. She's in a terrible mood this day. She's just walking around in Kikyo's clothes. But Kagome and Chippo make it back to town. Uh, Sashomaru and gang. And uh, they're seeing a bunch of mobs come at them. And Jockin saves them. And Rin's like, wah, wah, wah. Thank you, Lord Sashomaru. You're so awesome. <laughs> and then Hachi and gang are hiding in the cave where they have to threaten Hachi with the wind tunnel to get him to take him to the tree. Yeah. By the way, it's so weird to think about that's where the climax is. Like the next scene is the climax that takes forever. <laughs> but Inuyasha is using his sword as a cane again. Oh, I wrote that down too. <laughs> and he's arguing with Mioga. It's like, I'm going to head towards that tree. I'm going to fight some more. He smashes Miyoga and keeps going. Yeah. But I did like seeing Kagome and Kikyo garb again. She's getting healed by a Kaede. And that's where Minamaru decides at this moment to possess uh, Kagome and kills Kaede. With a leaf whistle? <laughs> yeah, it's like a leaf whistle. And she's got the little jewel in her forehead that no one else can see but us. And knife fingers. Yes, like poison knife fingers. That could be a Chinese lore thing, because there are poison knife fingers in Big Trouble in Little China, I seem to remember. Mm. The Shang Tsung character in that movie <laughs> has them. Because hmm. she flings them, like, and when they hit the bridge, everything like starts bubbling. Yeah, they're like miasma 
whatever. Yeah. But uh, off screen, I guess Kaede is fine. In the subtitle version, she says it's just her hand. Yeah, but her whole arm is like yeah. up in a The sling. dub, they say it's the arm. It's like, sorry about your arm. Oh, it's nothing, dear. <laughs> you were possessed. <laughs> I, I could tell right away. <laughs> That's why I put my arm up and played and dead. Shippo slept through it. <laughs> sure did. Inuyasha's crossing a bridge, and somehow Kagome has managed to meet him there on the bridge. I was intrigued for, by the idea of Kagome being possessed by something and trying to kill Inuyasha. That made like a really good one-off episode where Naraku, for that brief time, somehow manages to control her. It's kind of wasted in this movie because we don't really need it. Yeah, and really I was kind of disappointed in Kagome because she does, she always seems to overcome everything and so I'm really yeah. surprised she didn't although maybe it over her grief overcame the possession because that ended up after she shot shot him him. (laughs) but she did not shoot him with the sacred arrow it seemed like it was just a normal arrow and that's how he survived so (laughs) perhaps in that regard she stopped it but yeah they have a a quick little fight as the bridge collapses and inuyasha gets stabbed through the front by like five knives and then he's he has to relive again the moment he died as he's pinned against the tree yeah and she like she was fighting him off for a while she was like no 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 yeah and then she's like trying to tell inuyasha get away from me and he's like i'm not running from anything (laughs) i've been running my whole life (laughs) not running yeah, it looked like they were going in the direction of Minamaru is momentarily distracted while he's in the chrysalis, and Sango and Moroku have landed on the tree with Hachi, and Hachi beats a retreat. Sango throws the boomerang at the orb, which does nothing except for distract him momentarily, so Kagome looks like she's going to overcome, but then doesn't, and kills Inuyasha by shooting an arrow through his chest. Which really pisses off Kikyo. He's like, that is my territory. I was going to kill him later. (laughs) You are just copycatting me. Hashtag you're in the way. (laughs) I was there first. But then, I think, I guess what bothers me about this whole Kikyo thing is she gets all mad at Kagome for killing, air quote, Inuyasha. And says, you don't belong here. You're messing everything up. Go home. Yeah. And then she's like, of course, I can't be with Inuyasha either because I'm dead. And then she just like walks away, doesn't even like check up on Inu. And I'm like, you love him. I know you do. The show Kikyo would at least go check on Inuyasha yeah. and probably heal him somehow and then leave yeah. after he's tended to. Before he wakes up. Yes. Yeah. But she would make sure he was okay. Yeah. This, I was just like, you're like, you can't have him, but neither can I, so off I go. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And then... Yeah. This yeah. sucks, if you'll yeah. forgive me. They they have something sitting on the table right there where Minamaru can say, maybe he can sense Kagome is really powerful and says, I need to get rid of her, and then forces her to go back to her own time. And then we have that scene. I really could have done without the whole her going back to her own time in general then it wouldn't be affections touching across time yeah and every (sighs) Mm -hmm. but nobody else gets a second act 
the moths could have like attacked her and she could have fought like you know kind of with yura oh yeah that she trips and she trips and falls through the well and that's how she gets and then the tree goes crazy and she can't get back through oh that's right yeah we should we mention could've... that that the wood of the well is made out of the same wood as the tree of ages yeah and everything's going crazy so if you needed her to go back, you could have done it without Kikyo. Yeah. Easily. Agreed. Uh, instead, Kikyo is needlessly angry and needlessly giving up a jewel shard and needlessly pushes <laughs> Kagome into a well. Doesn't push her, but yells at her until she falls backwards into it, just as it's overgrown. So now she can't come back ever. The end. <laughs> Meanwhile, the climax is going on. <laughs> Sago and Moroku. It's not for the main character. No. <laughs> They're just holding it off the climax until the two main characters get their shit together and join them. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, I think I may be on my second page. Sango Maroku fights, I did like. They're staged really they were well. Really good. This is actually where I started liking the movie a little bit. But, uh, Maroku and Ruri are facing off with the wind tunnels. That was so cool when. At first, they're, like, far away, just, like, who's more powerful? And then when she jumps up and puts it right next to it, and then they're fighting with their staff and the spear, and I'm like, that's pretty cool. That is a cool idea. They should have done, like, in a Jackie Chan kind of fight where their hands have to stay together, but yeah, their other hands are free. Yeah, instead. I thought that was really cool. I liked that. And then you've got the whole Sango Kilala thing where she doesn't want to fight her friend. Yeah, she's fighting two people, yes. essentially. And one of them, she doesn't want to hurt. She can't really fight Kilala because she doesn't want to hurt her. She's just trying to... I thought that was really well done. Mm -hmm. Here's another thing I don't understand while this is going on. Um, I think it's Kikyo before she pushes Kagome... I keep saying pushes. Before she sends Kagome back to her own time. Saying that future generations are already experiencing an endless winter. So she says that, and then in the next sentence says, you need to go back home. It's like, why? The future's dying according to you. I can't do anything over there. Let's yeah. work together. And it doesn't look like Kikyo's going to go fix it either. Uh -huh. By the way, Kikyo, at any point, shoot an arrow at the orb. That would solve everything. Or team up with Sashomaru, who can kill the two minions in one hit. But they're like... Yeah, no, you've screwed up the future, so go back and live in it, and I'm mm -hmm. not going to do anything to help. Yeah. Just... Even though he's going to take my souls, which I'm not cool with, I'm still not going to do anything to I think that was the movie's way of punishing her. They're like, yeah, this is what you get, Kikio, for not helping your friends. This <laughs> does affect you so... after all. That was just so... God, I don't know. God. <laughs> yeah, so Kagome's stuck home being sad. Uh, when they press the wind tunnels together, uh, Ruri actually hits on Moroku. Says, "You're pretty good looking. Makes me want to rip your heart out and eat it." Yeah. <laughs> and then she like starts. Oh, then she puts her hands in it, and I was like, "Oh my god, she is going to wind tunnel his heart out of from inside of his body. That is brutal. Yeah. Kind of cool, but I don't want it to happen. But had these characters had more time, they might have been." up there with the best villains but they're dispatched pretty well and they're they're kind of one-dimensional and despicable so i was really happy when our heroes got the upper hand so finally kill those two they're awful they're the worst uh, so sango's dodging and i think hari at this point says that you can't have kiwala back she's my servant now 
Yeah, and she's like, no, Kilala's my friend. I'll never give up. This is where Sashomaru and Kikyo are looking at the tree and being like, we're not doing anything, right? Nope. But I did like the line he says to Jockin. Might have been Rin. Rin says, can't you see that that woman's already dead? Oh, oh yeah, because Jockin's like, why, why are you letting her live? Why don't you kill her? Yeah. That woman's already dead. Foolish Jockin. Yeah, I don't know. That seemed... That wasn't even satisfying to me, though. Sashomaru Kikyo, it was just kind of like... There should have been a moment, I think you're right, where maybe they should have given each other some information that they were both holding, or... Yeah, just kind of like... If he had said to her something like, you know, he truly did love you, and then she could have said something like, well, he's stronger than you think he is. And maybe just kind of digs at each other over Inuyasha. I don't know. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll do a floor rewrite on this whole thing <laughs> and fix this movie. I don't think they even movie. need to see each other. <laughs> no, they don't. If only to... Yeah, they needed to make a reason for them to interact. Yeah. I guess that's my point. Yeah, it didn't do anything. Could have given each other a jewel shard. <laughs> Sashomaru could have said, oh, by the way, I found this. Bye. <laughs> so... <laughs> Shippo has turned into a toy horse. Right. <laughs> and Kaede is still alive, apparently. Called... I forgot what she was doing. They, they were riding off to help, but they get waylaid by seeing the well being overgrown, and they just stop there. Yeah, because then I was like, I don't remember Kaede really being in it all that much after. I don't know what they did. Yeah, they're going to try to get rid of the trees where Foxfire does nothing. Oh, that's right. And Miyoga has found Inuyasha and is trying to wake him up. And then are we back in modern time? Not quite. Okay. Uh, well, we do cut back and forth, so we may have at this point. But uh, Ruri's spear turns into a snake. I thought that was important yeah. enough to write down. <laughs> and they're going to duel wind tunnels. Yes. And whoever built the strongest wind tunnel wins. And Mariko's a little nervous because he's never had it exposed for this long. Yep. They're just going to point it at each other. And Sango's still sword fighting. And uh, Kilala's still not giving her any quarter and knocking her boomerang down at crucial points. Sango looks very tired. Mm-hmm. So everyone's in the dark tea time of the soul at this point, including <laughs> Kagome, who needs comfort from her mom. I did write down Kagome's mom's the best. She knows what's going on. The whole time. And she doesn't, she never pushes Kagome. She's just there. I mean, she's not like, Kagome, get back in that well, silly girl. But she brings uh, soda and grandpa blankets and jackets. And and she gives her own wrap to Kagome, who's sitting in the snow. Sad. And and covers herself with, uh, well, she covers her leaving again by saying maybe this isn't warm enough but knowing that okay by the time I come back he's gonna want to go in that well to get her uniform the mom evokes memories of the tree mm, yeah shoot and the, the ju- it's dying in the winter and yeah. she's like oh no this tree holds all of our memories you remember that time you dressed up in that costume we took class photo in front of it I guess and then her jewel shards start to glow in her jar and she yes. says, I'm still connected to that time. I have memories of that tree, too, with Inuyasha. So then she, like, touches the tree, and then she can talk to Inuyasha, who's still unconscious, I guess. This was a weird moment. <laughs> like, I guess the tree has this power. You just talk through it. 
Telephone tree. It's like the gun. Did you ever see that awful movie Dreamcatcher? Uh, is that the Stephen King one? Yes. Yeah, that was pretty awful. He talks to his friend through a gun, but using it like a telephone. Huh. I his remember that. Friends like possessed by a, by a, uh, an alien. So he's like trapped in his own mind, running around looking for files. And they talk to each other through the gun. It's really, really awful. <laughs> so this isn't as bad, but it's still like, oh, I guess this can happen. And they talk to each other through the tree. Yeah. But uh, Ruri widens the wind tunnel. Oh, that's right. That was really foolish. That was a badass. Yep. It was a badass move. It did not pay off for her. She did not think ahead on that one because then it consumes <laughs> her. And Moroku yeah. prays at her grave. Because he's glimpsed his future. Yeah. It was for him, and you could also say, oh, a hot girl died, so he's sad. Yeah, I think, yeah, seeing it. Because, I mean, I think he, he saw his dad get sucked into his own wind tunnel as well. I think that just brings up memories that that is going to be me someday if I don't stop Naraku. Who is not in this movie. No, not at all. Not even a mention. Yeah, uh, uh, so I like the direction this was going. With Sango, it's a little lame that she does her usual move of allowing herself to get hit. That's some Kohaku shit. <laughs> and her tears burn through the possession charm on Kilala until she slams her head into the side of the tree. Oh, that dude. Oh, it still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> seeing Kilala crying and smashing her head trying to get that jewel out, I was just like, Kilala! But then the fight that ensues is badass, where Sango... It kills the fuck out of Hari. Yep. And nothing Hari can do is uh, stopping her. She's throwing petals at her and throwing, like, sword X's. And, like, a red beam. <laughs> she just rides through with a boomerang and <laughs> slices her in half. And that's the point that Minamaru, still collecting souls, says, oh, hey. I need this. And she yeah. gets all like, she's, she's still alive. She's cut in half and alive. She's just like all old. And yeah. she's like, no, I can still be of use to you. Yeah, so the idea that the things they tried to take from our heroes are the things that are consuming them is really cool. I just could have done without mm -hmm. the tears aspect of Sango crying. <laughs> good thing those hit that. <laughs> it would have been better if Kilala had overcome it somehow. Or had hit her head. Oh, now it's the tree telephone, right? Any yeah, well, Sango and Moroku regroup, and Kikyo is collapsing from her soul's getting taken. Yes. Foxfire can't burn the tree. Nope. And Myoga kind of wakes Inuyasha up by sucking his blood. And this is where they do talk through the tree and says something like, Come on, stupid, I need you. Which yeah. always gets a girl going. I do, I do like the embrace. Mm -hmm. That's definitely for the fans. I like how she gets back. This kind of makes the modern era worth it if they had found a better reason for her to get stuck there. That uh, She sees that the well's overgrown, so she has to fashion an arrow out of the shafts that her grandpa has and the, the uh, arrowhead in the tree. Yeah. A, that's Inuyasha's advice, right? It's like, just shoot an arrow through it. Yeah. I don't have it's one like, of those. We don't have these in this time. Wait a minute. I can make one. And it's funny because Gramps also kind of knows that she's about to solve everything. So they just go, it's cold. Let's go inside. <laughs> and Inuyasha, who's uh, has awakened, is going to 
cut through the well. Yeah. But, uh... No need. <laughs> she blasts through that shit and explodes the well. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. And they have their arguing reunion that Shippo does not approve of. Lady the, Ash is mad because he gets all burned up in this. He looks like <laughs> a <laughs> Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, he was like all discolored and everything. And the other Tree of Ages explodes, releasing the giant Mothman. Oh yeah, who's gigantic. He has those wings, and the demons come out of the wings. And Miyoga gives his advice, which is you gotta combine the Inuyasha and Kagome's techniques. Yep. Combine your powers. Oh, it's the trust fall. Oh, that's a little later. Okay. <laughs> Because I, I, I wrote down affections touching across time, and then I wrote down trustful. <laughs> so Sango and Moroku show up. Kagome fires a sacred arrow, which my advice to her would be, never stop firing sacred arrows at this guy. They're really powerful, and they help. Yeah, and it wasn't like that was your last one. You still had, like, three or four of them. Yeah, and uh, the wind scars revealed, and I think it gets rid of the... Uh... Oh, no, it... Yeah, like a demon aura barrier, and uh, Minamaru lasers everything all up, and Kagome's second arrow destroys his wing. Mm-hmm. And he's really mad. Mm-hmm. And she gets knocked off by a blast and saved by Sango. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that was okay. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. at this point they had already taken care of the demons that had come out of the wings. Uh, Moroku used his wind tunnel again. Everybody's doing their part to help, including little Shippo. <laughs> so Kagome drops and is caught by Yunuyasha, and Roku tries to be like, Come so down, Sango, I got you. And she throws one of her armors at his face. Yeah. That was a good English dub moment, too. Uh, the voice actor for Moroku goes, Ow. <laughs> Kagome takes aim super suspenseful moment where she's trying to aim at his face. She fires right at the laser. Ooh, his, that's where his demonic aura is coming from, is the little thing in his forehead. Yep, and Inuyasha uses the backlash wave, ruining my timeline and saving everybody. <laughs> and magic flight, Hachi arrives to as like a Black Hawk helicopter to save everybody <laughs> as the tree collapses. What an adventure, gang. Wow. And then it ends. Yeah, it ends with Mioga getting flicked off again. I forget what he says, but it's something you would normally say. Yeah. And then, yeah, it just, it was very abrupt. Mm-hmm. Very, like, okay, well, that's, that's the, it, I mean, it didn't feel like it, I guess it wrapped up, like, a little bit, like, in the credits where you just see, like, them rebuilding the well. Yeah. Sashimaru, like, looking at the Minamaru crater. Like, yep. I could have prevented all of this, and I didn't. <laughs> I could have helped. At any point, anybody could have. Kikio and Kagome could have fired arrows at the same time. Shomaru could have just single-handedly taken care of the two ladies. They should have all worked together. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Okay, so the closing credits, there were a few things. Oh, I think I forgot to mention, oh. did you recognize the Inuyasha theme? That adventure music that we've used for an opening theme oh, on yeah, the podcast yeah. before? Okay. It was in the movie. Oh, okay. Um, 
forget which right point. after the trust fall oh great probably okay. when they were combining their powers i was like oh sean should be happy he likes this song i told him he'd hear it all the time <laughs> i do like that song i did not notice it though oh, okay it was in there so in the you final. were dead wrong <laughs> about how much how happy i would be <laughs> so it does show that they repair the well and before the backlash wave was mentioned, I was thinking, oh, the well's destroyed. Ugh, that's going to... Uh, oh, good. They repair it. It doesn't matter now. Nothing matters. <laughs> oh, I saw Shippo giving a rice ball to a girl. Yeah. Which I started thinking, is that the girl from the first episode of season three? Should we have watched one episode? One more into... Could be. Because, yeah, when I saw that, I'm like... Oh, is that the girl that he meets in the next one? I assume it might be. I think it, yeah. It's a taste of things to come. Because we also see Inuyasha in modern day uh, uh, watching yeah, her do homework. out in modern day. And then there's a shot of Kagome holding up some kind of laminate flyer or paper or something. That she's And she's wearing a robe. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't get all of those pictures. There were some I'm like, huh? And then the last thing we get a, a Avengers-style post-credit scene, where they're sitting at the tree in modern day, and Inuyasha's playing with uh, Miyu, Buta, Buyo, Buyo. Yeah, yeah. Did Buyo die <laughs> after the sit command? Because those create craters. She seemed pretty mad. Buta is the uh, mole thing from Gurren Lagann. But yeah, and Inuyasha says the only thing worthwhile that she cooked for him was the pickled radish. Where he was like, oh yeah, cook for me again. Those yellow things were really good. Yellow and things. she's like, oh, the omelets? That's my specialty. And then he says something something else, and she goes, wait, you like the pickled radish? I'll teach you. Sit. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> we end on a high note. A laugh. <sighs> so that was affections touching across time. Yeah. Missed opportunities. Probably the third best of the four movies. Okay. In my opinion. But so far, since I guess we have just one movie to rank, it's number one right now. Oh, yeah. It's the best one. <laughs> what if I love the fourth movie? Good thing it's at the end of like the regular Inuyasha podcast, and you only have to do the final act by yourself. Ah, <laughs> that's what I'll bring Eric on. He won't watch any of the other ones. He'll just, just <laughs> confusedly go. Um, uh, who are these people? Well, to my recollection, it's pretty much like this one. Only you had the hope that oh, this is going to tie up the series. And when you see the last episode, you will understand my pain. It's Fire Walk With Me on the Mystic Island. That's what I'll just be calling it. What's the second movie called? I keep wanting to say Through the Looking Glass, but I know that's not right. It has something to do with the mirror, though. Yeah. And the third one, Swords of an Honorable Ruler. Something about reflections. Reflections touching across time. (laughs) That might be... Okay, I think that was uh, everything. We did not talk as long as the movie was. Oh, no. So there go your hopes in making this a commentary. (laughs) 
right. Well, th- uh, thanks for going down this journey with us, listeners. I'm sorry if this was your favorite movie. <laughs> oh, movie two, movie two. Let's uh, get to movie two. How it, long till movie two? Uh, not that long, it looks like. Just about 20 or 30 episodes. Oh, yeah. It's a cakewalk. Yeah. We've been doing this. It may be end of season three into season four. I want to say like after episode 90 something. Let's hope they learn from their mistakes in this one. Take it a little more seriously. And hopefully it's canon this time. Well, we might have a, a villain. Ooh. That you might be familiar with. All right. Not your. <laughs> oh. How dare you. Oh, I would freak out if she ever came back, but I don't expect her to. That's fine. <laughs> well, we know what my favorite episode of season four is. Ten out of ten. Yura comes back. And she's nice now. Super. Do you still like her as much? Super ditzy. DTF. Oh, well, until next time, listener, we're going to head right into season three of Inuyasha. I hear tell Shippo meets a new best friend. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, take us out. <laughs> <laughs>